Hello, and welcome to game two of our second match. A uh, little bookkeeping from last week. I did forget to mention where you can watch some of the movies. Um, so I'll go over all three of them right now. Uh, Vampire's Kiss is available on Pluto TV, Tubi, Redbox, all for free. Uh, Redbox, you do have to watch some ads, and I can only assume it's the same with the other two. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, rent it on Vudu or buy it on YouTube or Google Play. Um, to our current movie for today uh, was Willow. You can watch that on Disney+. Plus. Uh, you can also rent it from YouTube, Google Play, Redbox, Vudu, or buy it on Amazon Prime. Uh, and then our last movie, which will be next week, uh, is Easy A. Uh, you can watch Easy A on Peacock, uh, or you can rent it from Vudu, Amazon Prime, YouTube, Google Play, or Redbox. But enough of all of that. Um, last week we had a very close match. It's still a very close match. Uh, Tracy, of course, is in the lead with 64. My mom is just behind her with 59. And Alan, trailing just a little bit with 50 points. <laughs> uh, this movie was chosen by my mom, so she will be going last, which means Tracy will be going second. So we're going to start right now with Alan. What is a... Uh, uh, real quick, though, uh, just so you are aware, if you want to play it along at home, uh, some stuff to look out for... Uh, what do you think the lamest death was? What do I think the best death was? Uh, who was the worst character and who's the best character? And I will let you know that there are two best characters for this movie, in my opinion. Uh, with all of that bookkeeping out of the way, Alan, what is your first point? So I feel like I should start with what I think is the kind of the dumbest part of this movie to me, uh, which uh, was the ritual at the end with the... Um, uh, the, the baby and the, the witch queen, because it, I, I think you'll find this problem too, it, it, it's really like one big coincidence. It's like, we have to make it stretch, like what seems like a day, like this ritual takes so long. It, it's it, like, why can't you just, why can't you just stab her? That's like the whole thing. It's your main problem. Why do you just end it? I just, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if really only for dramatic irony, like, or just to give the heroes a chance, I guess. Because, like, they start it, like, they steal the baby, and then they're doing it for, like, like, they get it, and they're like, we must start the ritual. It takes 48 hours. Yeah. They have plenty of time to stop us. We need to go now. It, like, come on, George Lucas. You, you could be like, we only have five hours. Instead, we don't even get like a definite how long is it going to take. It's really unclear. Um, so I'll give you five points for pointing that out. Uh, Tracy, we come to you. Uh, so I'm going to be a dick and, and uh, oh wait, dick button I can't press until correct. fifth round, you can't, right? Okay. Correct. Uh, so I've, give, I've just given my hand that I think that you have a strong opinion about this movie, but that's okay. Interesting. All right. Um, Much more cutthroat than our practice round, I will say. <laughs> I've learned a few lessons. In our um, practice round, I will say, no one pressed it. They all got points. It was a nice time. Well, actually, I don't know if you guys got points, because I think you guys all hated Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah, I, I was uh, I was actually my understudy did that movie, so mm. I didn't even get to play that one. But I'll just say, You've as he walked Mortal by Kombat me recently. earlier, I shouted at him what I thought he blanked me so <laughs> all right so tracy 
Yes. Can't uh, do it till so round this five. Is a, this is a little nit- nitpicky thing. Yeah. Uh, that that. But I'm going to give you uh, the benefit of the doubt that you're brilliant and you pick up on these things. I felt like the queen's daughter is her name, Sorsha. Yes. Her lines were looped so poorly. Oh, my God. When you say looped, what do you mean exactly? Uh, So they went in clearly post-production and had her re-record the lines, lip syncing to herself. Uh, which is very common in movies, and I never notice it. And the, I don't know if it was the synchronization. It probably wasn't that because all the other characters were fine. I think it was just like the way she was pitching her voice or something. (sighs) Bugged the hell out of me. I So the way that ADR is done, if you guys don't know, or if the audience doesn't know, basically we record a movie and then we're like, okay, we're done. And it happens during post-production and they go, hey, we can't hear this actor or uh, we can't hear them very clearly. For whatever reason, they decide to re-record their lines. So they will get the actor who played them in a booth or if they're terrible people, they'll recast a person. Uh, and just dub in the voice, uh, a la Hercules with uh, Lou Ferrigno. What? Well, he was deaf, but or with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's first movie, Hercules in uh, New York. I think that's what it is. Is it? It's either Hercules in America or in New York, and they just give him a a white person's voice, or I guess I should say an American man's voice. Um, so I think it's just a. It's a bit awkward because you have to watch yourself and then you have to say the words as you're saying them on screen. Um, but, you know, it's still an error. Um, and I, I, try to, I try not to be too harsh on continuity errors or, or like just movie making errors. So I will, I'll give you three points for that. Um, Alan, we uh, – Ma, sorry, no. Ma, really? we come to you. Oh, wow. Wow. I see how we go. I shout something at you as you walk by earlier and I lose my turn. Um, okay. I want to talk about uh, the baby, right? Or... Alora. Yeah, yeah. Or as we'll say, the babies, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's pretty standard for... You're being a bit loud. Okay, it's pretty standard for babies, right, to and children to be played by multiple yes. actors, right? So in this particular instance, there were three babies used, two of which were, I believe, twins because they have the same last name, and then a third baby. Um, so the thing that I think would have bugged you is, first of all, one or potentially two of those babies had a different color eye than the other babies. So at times the babies had brown eyes and at times the baby had blue eyes. Um, And also, whichever baby filled in the scene at the beginning, like that baby has more control over its eyebrows than most adult people who have really worked on their eyebrows. Um, so I feel like the baby's eyebrows were a fourth baby. I think, I think you would have been amused by it, but annoyed by it at the same time. So, and then, and I don't know if this ties together, but I'm just going to say it. The fact that the baby at times, you could definitely tell it was a doll. Okay. Um, I will, I will have to ask you, 
How do you think I felt about the baby being snarky? I need you, I need a definite, do you think I like it? Do I like, do I dislike it? I think that you liked it because babies being snarky is hilarious. Like that baby had its definite opinion of everybody. And it was so clear that the baby was like, all right. I, I will say, you didn't mention a specific moment, but I'll still give I, you the points I, for it. I do have specific moments written down. Um, I, didn't, I didn't notice that the babies di- had different eye colors, because I'm not staring at the babies 100%, but uh, I will give you three points for that continuity error. Um, there is a moment Is it where... when... Can I, can I say ahead. what I think it is? So there's this, there's this one beautiful moment where... First, well, there's two moments, actually. So Warwick going, nobody fall in love with the baby. The baby looks at him. And he's like, but there's also this moment with Val Kilmer where he's about to walk away. And, um, uh, oh, no, he does walk away. And Warwick goes, we don't need, we don't need him anyway. And the baby's like. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, no, you didn't name the point, so uh, I will. T- I will take a, away a couple points from that um, because when um, when Mad Mardigan is in the cage at the beginning, um, and all the other uh, dwarves are like, "We should give that," or sorry, I forget what they're called in the movie. They're, uh, I have to oh, it's Nelwins. Yeah, no, Nelwins. Yes, I when the Nelwins. Um, meet uh, Mad Mardigan and he's in the cage and they go uh, we can just give the baby to him uh, around about there the baby does raise its eyebrows and looks concerned um, is that the eyebrow moment hold on I need I to understand what's going on with this baby's eyebrow this is my note um, no no I think I yeah no mine was before that because it was before the festival so it wasn't at the cage but still the baby's eyebrows yeah uh, there, there is a moment where uh, when they're like, we'll give it to Matt Mardigan. And Laura is like, I'm not sure about this. I'm like, you're a baby. How are you doing that? Um, I did have that for plus seven, but because you didn't name the exact moment, I'm going to take away three points from that. Um, so you will get three for the continuity error of the eyes, and then I'll give you four uh, for bringing up the baby's eyebrows. Um, so you did get seven points that round, no matter... Uh, nonetheless, um, Alan, we come back to you in round two. Uh, I'll mention another thing that uh, I found annoying, which is kind of Sorsha's character. I, I found her to be very extremely underdeveloped as like a character and only really kind of there as the sort of love interest to, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's just kind of annoying. And I, um, I don't think you'll like that. Like, like, it just feels like for like the daughter of the witch queen, I feel like there should have been more. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, like like we get the thing that she's like a general or she's like the second or maybe third in command next to the other general. Um, but like she doesn't really do much in this movie other than go, man, Val Kilmer's hot. <laughs> Which I respect. Um But yeah, no, she she's kind of just like she like when when she's turned on her mother, she's not like I know a secret way in the castle. She's like, "What do we do, you guys?" <laughs> yes, so like unhelpful. like you have like a mole for the castle, like 
why would she not know the secret passages and stuff? It doesn't like, like, there's no payoff to her really being the daughter of the evil queen other than when she turns on her mother. Um, which there could have just been any like women, woman defector, uh, that would have just been like, man, Mad Mardigan is hot. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll give you four points. Uh, missed opportunity, George, step it up. Um, Tracy, we come back to you. Okay. Let's talk about the special effects. <laughs> sure. So the movie starts and like, in big letters like just as big as val kilmer's name is special effects by industrial light and magic yes like it's supposed to be a huge attraction uh, i'm pretty sure that's george lucas's production right 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 um now granted i realized that it was 1988 and this was cutting edge technology but i thought the special effects were really unconvincing and i'm gonna say uh you found them annoying as well can you can you give some specific examples? Uh, yeah, particularly the two-headed monster thing. Like, what is his? Like, he's all choppy, and like you can clearly tell that he's a like he's he's not entirely like there was obviously a practical model of this thing, but they yes. also use computer effects on it. And I feel like it would have been better if they didn't one or the other. Probably they didn't completely have the ability to do all computers, but. You know, I think they were just trying too hard, and it just looks so fake. It took me out of the movie. Yeah, stop motion is not like, uh, it's not great. Uh, I mean, like, in the time when, like, that's all you can do when you have a monster on screen is either a man in rubber suit or um, claymation, you'll go you'll go with claymation stop motion um, just because it's cheaper. It, it takes much more time, but, like... So would making a full costume, and the costume would probably just look worse. But, I mean, yeah, like, they did Star Wars. This was after the first Star Wars movies, and everyone is like, man, those effects are great. There's nothing in this movie that's bad. And it's like, you guys couldn't even make the stop motion look good? Um. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more, in, like, special effects things that um, I thought you'd bring up. So, uh... Uh, I'll I'll just mention that, but I'll give you five points because that dragon does look a bit wonky. Um, Ma, we come back to you. Okay. Um. So I'm gonna go with something at the very beginning that I think you would have hated, but also thought it was hilarious. So this is during the run fair of the Nelwins, which is what I'm comparing it to, right? It was like uh it was like a run fair, right? Yeah. Um so there's two moments during the run fair that were so cringy but so hilarious. The first one was it appeared that uh, a man and a woman were getting married and then they stand there and make out on the altar. And I'm like Um, uh, wow, I've married three times and never once did we make out on the altar. And I feel like I missed out on a moment that I could have gotten. And then also, and this is the super cringe moment, but this just cracked me up. And I think you would have laughed so hard 
So they do a square dance and all of the women have bags on their head. And I'm like, did they do that because there weren't enough women that day? <laughs> or was that a specific choice to be like, we're scary people who dance with bag on their face people? Yeah, yeah, I think super cringy, but I think you would have laughed your ass off at that. So. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you three points for both. Um, all right, we move into round three. Uh, Alan? Uh, there's a, I think, a specific thing, about kind of like about the whole movie, is that blows my mind, is that how is this movie PG? This has a PG rating. You watch a living creature melt. It's skin. A monster. Yeah, a monster. Well, the troll things. And then later you get to see people turn into, like, pigs, and that's horrifying. It's just... As they did so much detail. If I was a child, I'd be scarred. I would, if I saw that, I would lose it. And the fact that it's PG, I, it's, it's amazing that most of um, like Indiana Jones and later of the Raider of the Lost Ark is also the same thing. You watch a person's face melt, and it's PG. And it's they made the same person. Is that PG thirteen? It's PG. Or just oh yeah, that PG thirteen didn't exist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I. I'm pretty sure George Lucas did Indiana Jones. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure, but I remember a South Park episode where they were molesting the characters. <laughs> um, so that's what I remember from that. Um, yeah, no, you brought up a good thing. Disgusting transformation into pigs. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> like, it, like, if I were a child, I would be afraid of this movie, but I'm an adult, and that was amazing. That was cool. That was cool, but... I, I Horrifying. It's genuinely like, oh my god, they're turning into pigs. I cannot believe it. But, I mean, I think I think it's pretty clear it's PG. If Maybe if it were, like, after PG-13, they would have been like, mm, probably PG-13, and they... If the MP, yeah, I, I feel like if they were like, okay, we think it's PG 13, they would go back and remove those scenes to get the PG rating. Um, but I think I think the PG rating is fine. But I will still give you four points for the pig transformation because that was amazing. Also, that was my number 69. So, oof. Uh, Tracy, we come back to you. So I have a related uh, point to bring up that has to do with uh, PG rating. Uh, it really bothered me that as much death as there was in this movie, no one ever bled, except for yes. one point where, where Val Kilmer had a little bit of blood on his neck, uh, and then he pulled the sword out of someone who had just been killed, and there was a little bit of blood on the tip of the sword, but I was like, mm. come on, do you really expect children not to know how bodies work? Yes. Uh, no, that was probably 100%. Like, they were like, mm, this will be probably more like a kid's young adult movie. So we'll definitely make it bloodless. I mean, I don't blame them fully, but it, you know, unrealistic still. Um, but like, I don't need Game of Thrones. I don't need this to be Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll give you four points still, Tracy. All right, Ma, we come to you. Uh, I will say for the viewers, she perked up when I said Game of Thrones for some reason. Okay, so, all right. 
Now, I was going to go with a different point, which meant a lot to me. But because of what you said, I now have to skip. So I am 100% convinced on the timing of this movie and when George R.R. R. Martin started writing the Song of Fire and Ice, that definitely he was inspired by this movie because there are so many, many things, right? And I have that in my notes multiple times. Um, and maybe, you know, it's just, it's every trope and every fantasy. So the, like the mother daughter thing. And I'm like, hey, she's going to kill you, but maybe it's not on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that the seer knows that the baby, like, like there's, like it, the baby's going to come, right? But then doesn't realize that the baby's going to be taken away and um i just i just feel like he was inspired so much like some of the notes i wrote were um the raven right um the three-eyed raven who's one of the witches um also the relationship between uh um like and i can't help but call him val kilmer um so yeah. mad mardigan mad mardigan and ark or eric or however art like like that was so Jon Snow um, and the redheaded guy from Game of Thrones. Oh, um, you the know one the e that was going after Brienne. Yes, because I even wrote at one point I expected you know um, Kale to have that moment with Sorsha. When they're off together, I was like, okay, let's see if he's going to, like, try to father her. <laughs> and it didn't happen. Now, I, I know that I'm just making assumptions, but it was so Game of Thrones vibey, other than there was no incest that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay. I mean, I will say, I didn't notice a lot of that stuff. Like, I didn't think Game of Thrones when I saw that stuff. Um. And probably because there is a lack of blood and stuff. Um, but I'll, I'll still give you four points because it is a very interesting analysis. Um, okay, we move into round four. Uh, Alan, it is your turn. Um, so, uh, another problem I had, and I think you probably had too, is that as, I don't get much of a sense of geography or location or time um, especially when, uh, they were traveling from that town to the castle and it was like still day, like how close were they to one area to the other? And I don't really get a sense of how far, where are they going? How long? And it, and it's so often that the movie, they show us these big, long, um, oh, oh I just had like a, roaming shots. Yeah. Roaming shots are like, uh, just going, uh, why do I keep going to monologues? But we, we see them uh, go from place to place so often, and this is, and from the ca uh, the town to the castle, we just you're there, and it's like, when is this? I, it's just yeah, strange. I mean, like some movies are a bit like too holding your hand, but like I think twenty percent of this movie is roaming shots of locations, like the first like the the first three or four minutes of the credits are this woman carrying this baby for so long. And I'm like, she goes from like a castle in like a plains area to the mountains 
and then mm. down from the mountains to the forest. How long has this woman been walking for? <laughs> She's carrying a baby. Mm-hmm. I think I have a very specific thing of that. Yeah, how far can this midwife walk? Yeah. Um, And other times, yeah, we could... It would be like, okay, how far away are the bad guys from um, the baby? And how far have the good guys traveled? Like... We really don't get a sense of how long uh, Willow has been away from his wife. So at the end, when they reunite and it's like a sweet moment and they're running at each other, it's like, he's been gone for like maybe an hour in our minds. <laughs> like, we've just watched the movie, sure. But like, he's done like five or six things. And like, we don't know how long any of that was. Um, So I think I... I gave you three points for how far the midwife can walk. I think I gave you another three points, so I think that's six altogether for you. Um, Tracy, it's back to you. Uh, so the speaking of Willow's family, um, I think this was a really realistic rendering of of a family for a a fantasy movie. Um, so obviously for the hero to have his hero's journey, he has to leave his, his homeland and journey, you know, classic. Uh, and so obviously they have to spend a little bit of time setting up the family that he loves them and he wants to return home to them. Uh, but even that being said, uh, the kids are adorable, uh, and and sweet. Um, and I, I think the relationship between him and his wife uh, was really sweet uh, and and convincing, uh, and I think you enjoyed that aspect of the movie. Yeah, it's like a lot of movies are a, like an orphan, like Luke Skywalker, um, or just a young person leaving home for the first time. And although Warwick Davis was only 17 during filming, um, yeah, he's a family man. He has two kids. He has a wife, he's a farmer, and he's trying to be a sorcerer, which I I find that a bit weird, that he has a full family. He's like, I want to be a sorcerer. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's like a full parent. He's taking care of babies, so it it makes a lot of sense for him to be the baby's keeper. Like, if it was just this random teenager that found it in the woods, it wouldn't make sense. But he has taken care of babies, even though this one is almost as big as he is. Um, so it, it, I I really enjoy that he is like, he's not like a middle-aged dad. I would say he's like a young, younger dad, maybe in the universe. He's like 30, maybe like uh, 25, maybe. Um, and I, it's a very interesting thing where it's like, yeah, this is our hero. It's a dad. Uh, he has to take care of this other baby and just give it to people he doesn't know about, which isn't like super great. It's just like, yeah, take this baby and just give it to the first human you see, man. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you four points for that one. Um, Ma, we come back to you. Okay, so this was briefly touched upon during special effects, but I think it's a separate category, which is costumes for mm-hmm. the bad guys, in particular. Kale is portrayed by Skeletor. Yeah. Oh, the general, yes. 
So I, in all of my notes, I refer to him specifically as Skeletor. I actually saw him as Shao Kahn because I think that's exactly the mask that they used in <laughs> Mortal Kombat. But, but this, this is my point, though. They reused a bunch of costumes from other movies. And I'll tell you specifically. So the trolls were either... I, I believe they were from Twilight Zone. Mm. Right, the movie and or the series on the plane on the wing. I would wing. say it's probably the movie because I think that's roundabout. I'm thinking that was after, but like when John Lithgow is looking out the window, and you know, and or William Shatner, it's I swear it's that, and also towards the end, the little guys in the black cloaks were definitely from Star Wars, other than you saw their hands. So I just I, I forgot something. Um, Willow came out in 1988, directed yep. by Ron Howard, yes. starring Warwick Davis, Joanne Whaley, Billy Barty, uh, Gene Marsh, and Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer goes last because he knows what he did. Right. So I like I like I compared the special effects in this right to. Um, was it Clash of the Titans or it was so similar and even the, what I was calling them as the penis monsters, Tracy, because their heads look like penises to me. I swear that those were in one of those other movies like they were either maybe they were a tribute to or if it was a blatant ripoff. Um, but I found it like it was ah, it was so bad. It was good. And I just, I couldn't, like, I couldn't get over it. Um, the different, I'm trying to think what other ones. I wish I had them all together. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, but, but yeah, Skeletor really had me. And I'm like, oh, that's got to bother Casey so much. And then when he lifted his hood, he was an angry caveman. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, they, they, they chose this as the most intimidating mask they could find. Like, that's just a plastic thing. It's not even, like, it's like floppy plastic. It's like dollar store plastic. It's not even like, like, if it were made out of, like, like, like cardboard, it would probably look better. But, huh? like, it's, like, floppy. But, but I also want to point out that... Um, Scrooge was filmed within a year of this and had better special effects when it came to like the, the floating fairies, the ghost, and also Princess Bride, which is, is such a similar movie to Princess Bride. And I felt like they took, again, a lot of the tropes. And I'm like, they might as well have just taken, you know, their masks too. And I felt like this was Ron Howard going, I'm going to show um, Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner, that he is not the only one. <laughs> because right. George Lucas wanted him specifically after he had done Cocoon. All right, yeah, I'll give you four points. Um, get a better mask, man. You don't look scary. You're pretty much the secondary antagonist. So we move into the fifth round. And by this uh, point, um, the dick button is available at any point. Anyone can interrupt me. Um, during this very conversation. Um, so, uh, with that being said, Alan, it is your turn. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about the, the stone. Specifically, the stone that turns other people into stone. Uh, 
it, for some reason, uh, yeah, the rocks, the, the, rock. the acorn, the yes, little acorn, the yeah. Okay, they're the acorn. acorns. Sorry, uh, but it, I don't understand how they, the, I don't understand how they work. Like, the, what, like he, it falls out of his pocket and then it it, it touch it, it turns pretty much everything in the stone that it touches. But he can touch it, and I don't know why. Uh, it's like he has to wear a glove. Um, and, but the thing, not even that it didn't make sense, the thing that annoyed me the most was that he uses the stone and he messes up using this, uh, the the acorn so much throughout the film. And finally, he you finally see him get to use it against the witch and she touches it and then she immediately counteracts it. And I'm like, what's the purpose of the, the acorn? What's the purpose? There's no point. They're just, just a well, thing that e exists. Well, he beats the dragon with it. Barely. It's... <laughs> Um, I think there was a deleted scene where he used one on a sea monster. Uh, I think I read that because they say, because he only uses two throughout the movie. He uses the one where he throws at the witch and the one he throws at the dragon. Because I think he's throwing it at a troll and he misses and then it hits the dragon. I'm not in, I don't, I don't fully remember how that scene went, but I know he, he gets the, he gets the dragon with it. But, um, yeah, no, I think... No, you're 100% right. How can he touch it? <laughs> like, if it, if it, is it... Is it the velocity? Because, like, he was on a cart. Would, not, would that not turn his bag into... Like, yeah. what, what's the distinction? Is it living flesh? Is it living material, which would then... As soon as he touches it, he starts turning into stone. Or is it is it the like is it the velocity? Because like I said, when they were riding on the cart, it should have turned his bag into stone. Yeah. It, 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 when it, it hits it, the bridge, it turns the stone. The the bridge board, there's a wooden board that turns the stone. Why does it? Why that? But it really doesn't things. make any sense. Um, I'll give you four points on that. Um, uh, Tracy, we come to you. Uh, okay. Why do the brownies have strange European accents? They just do wild and crazy guys. Right. They, they all live in the same fantasy world. Uh, I understand that they're different species, but the, the human ones and the dwarf ones, like they speak like perfectly good American English and the brownies are foreign. Yeah, it, I think I think they were a com I know they were a comic duo, but I don't think that they were from like a different country. I just I just think it was just it was either they hired them and they're like, "Okay, can we do like a wild accent?" and they were like, "Sure." Uh or they recorded it cuz obviously they recorded it separately. So I doubt those guys were even on set for the movie. I think they just got them in green screen afterwards and were like, "Yeah, just here's some here's some of the script, but feel free to ad-lib. We'll make it work in the edit." Um, yeah, cuz even like the like the fairy queen's just like, "Hello there, Willow. It's so good to see you." And they're just like, "Eh, man, it's crazy." <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I'll give you four points for that. Uh, Ma, we, we come back to you. Um, okay, well, um, 
So the thing I I think you would have thought was hilarious was when the brownies have actually captured Willow and his uh, best friend forever. Um, Is it Migosh? Uh, Migosh. And they do a Gulliver's Travel moment on that. That was so amazing. And I was like, yes, like one of the smallest races and they're going to Gulliver's Travel them. Oh my God. Like that was such an amazing moment. And I was like, you, yeah. And I could see you shouting just like that at the screen. My favorite part of that is because the brownies aren't dwarves. Mm -hmm. They're all normal size actors Mm -hmm. on green screen made to look tiny. And they become the smallest people on screen tying up uh, Migosh and Willow. Did they have green screen back then? Because I honestly felt that those were edited in and a lot of those shots were actually filmed from a different angle. You could tell like when they were on the beach and stuff. And I was like, that's normal size. They've just built bigger things and filmed and it was perspective. So they use they use a mix of forced perspective. Like I know like where it's just the two brownies on screen. And just so you're aware at home, there are fairies called brownies. We're not being racist. Um There's totally just them with oversized props holding each other on a beach. Um, But a lot of the rest of the movie is them, I think, blue screened in, it would be. Um, And it's... It's a thing. I just looked it up. It's in the 1930s, which I'm just absolutely just a god. That's when blue screen or green screen? Green screen specifically is what it says. Um, yeah, so I'll give you five points because it was such a great Gulliver's Travels reference that mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's that's just that's just great. I love that. And the irony of it. I was just like, oh. oh, yeah, the irony was great. We move into round six. Um, Alan, it is your turn. Okay, um, I'm going to talk about another magical item. Uh, sure. And this one <laughs> is uh, the wand. Uh, yep. Another thing that is equally as confusing to me. Um the wand seems to be so powerful, uh, and yet not everyone needs a wand. I don't know why. Ma- magic also is just generally weird in this world. At, at times, people really need the wand to do the magic, but the witch doesn't need the magic. But then at the end of the movie, she grabs the wand to use magic. But why does she grab the wand? She can turn people into pigs. <laughs> I think the thing is, people don't need Though I people don't need wands to use magic in this universe. You have to be a very good sorcerer to use without it. But I think because this wand came from the Fairy Queen, it's like an uber powerful wand, and that's even with people that don't have magic like Willow can learn to use magic using it. Um I wish the movie would explain that. Yeah. this is just me giving like something and you may find that that is very convincing i'm guessing i don't know the movie doesn't tell me how magic works they just go yes the sorcerer queen she has magic willow doesn't have magic he's got a wand he wins (laughs) it it 
Because does he use the wand at the end to trick her with she, the magic trick? Mm-mm. No, no, no. He just, or does he just use his hands? Sleight, sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. Well, because it is the sleight of hand, yeah. But does he use the wand in that moment to the fuck witch, with her? The witch has the wand. Yeah, it's, so presumably, she, like, she seeing him without a wand, she should have been like, oh... You don't have the wand. You can't use magic. She's like, oh, no, he's learned magic without the wand. Explain that to us, movie. We're stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, movie. Like, sometimes overexposition is, like, terrible and makes us feel dumb. But at the same time, you know what makes us feel dumb? Not explaining your rules. Um, so I'll give, you, I'll give you four points for that. Uh, Tracy, we come back to you. So we touched on this a little bit about how the the queen's daughter has no place uh, in the plot whatsoever. Uh, She just exists as the obligatory love interest for Val Val Kilmer. But even that being said, uh, that moment when when like they stare at each other, they're like on opposite sides of the battlefield and she like runs to him and kisses him like that was the lamest, like least romantic kiss ever. It was just like, there was no romantic tension there beforehand. Uh, She knows that, like, she doesn't actually know that he had a love spell cast upon it, but she knows he was being weird, right? And all of a sudden, she's just like, he's into me. I guess I'll be into him back. Well, they did. They did kiss when the tent fell. I don't know if you noticed, because it is a kind of a blink and you miss it. Um, Because when he's holding her hostage, he holds her hostage a lot. Um, in the mountain camp, because he snuck into her tent and the, to get the baby, and then he has the he's had the love potion on him, and then he sees her, and then he's like, "Oh, baby!" Uh, I just love that love potions and movies just mean, "Man, I need to fuck right now," <laughs> and not, "Hmm, that person is very attractive. I should ask them out." Because <laughs> I don't know how many people have been like, "Man, I." Re- also, love potion. I think he, I think it should just be lust potion, really, because um, it, it should just be like if you get hit with a love potion, you're like, man, I really love that person. I should ask them out or something. No, every time it's like, man, I need to fuck them right now. <laughs> uh, very glad that that wasn't what he did in that tent, because um, she was sleeping. Um, but as like he as the tent collapses on them. Um, he has her hostage, and then he lets her go, and then he just kisses her. <laughs> Which she is under the effects of a spell, so, like, it's not super cool, but... Um... I mean, yeah, she's just... She she turns on her mother so fast when a hot guy comes around. Yeah, she pulls her so quickly. She's like, oh no, he's There's hot. There's no backstory. There, she's not like, you know, my mother she, always she abused me. Like, we don't get you who have her father me is. that you were on the right side of the history. She's just like, eh, screw it. Man, Val Kilmer's hot. <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll give you four points. Sorsha is super underdeveloped, and I hope they do her better in the TV show. Um, Ma, we come back to you. Okay, well, I'm going to circle back on all of that, right? Sure. So, first of all, I'm going to say contradictions reign in this whole entire movie. It is the movie of contradictions of things that have happened. No, it's not. Exactly. So um, definitely when, and I wrote this down, that when they meet, 
she's dressed as a man and he is dressed as a woman. And before the love potion ever hits him, he goes, oh my God, you're beautiful. But I'm also going to point out he's super horny the whole entire yeah. movie. He's like, oh. Yeah, I think he, he fucks a tavern woman in the beginning. Um, He does, and it's her husband. And that's why like, he's dressed up as a woman. Right, right, right. And that's the thing. And then the husband comes home, right? And, and she's like, guy. hide from my husband. And then husband tries to rape Val Kilmer. If you're that rapey, you don't care if it's a man. Right? You're going to be like, Especially because he's doing it in front of his wife. Right. <laughs> Right? So she, I think she's like, this is my cousin. Right. And he's like, and he's let's like, fuck oh, her. You can watch. I do, I do find funny, because like he's he's barely wearing a veil. Yeah. So you can tell that that's like a dude. <laughs> and I just love how he's like, oh, Val Kilmer. But, so but, many of the people in this movie are just horny for Val Kilmer. Um, Me included. I'm not going to lie. But the point is, it's like even with the magic, because even the high Alwyn is bad at magic as well, right? Yeah, because he throws the bird up. Yes, and, and and I wrote down specifically he throws... It's heading back to the village. He he throws a Ignore stone and it turns into a single bird. George Lucas, you missed your moment to turn it into two birds. It's one stone, it should be two birds. What are you thinking? Such but, a missed opportunity. But, but, but just all of these can't touch it now but can touch it later like like why the one sorceress okay you're a powerful sorceress you can touch this wand why are you sending brownies with this guy and the baby why are you not going with them you're the one who can do all the magic but you know no, what let the I brownies go here. <laughs> so i just felt the movie was filled with contradictions it would be like I hate her. I love her. Um, I can do magic. Now I can't. <laughs> I'm like, make up your mind, please. I mean, Quit contradicting it, yourself. Like, even Galadriel in Lord of the Rings, she shows up and she gives them gifts. Doesn't she do stuff in Lord of the Rings other than just give them stuff? Or is that is that the Hobbit I'm thinking of? I don't she, I think they fight Sauron a little bit. Yeah, no, there's so much... Like... <laughs> This movie isn't a perfect movie. I'll say that right now. Um, and just so many things are either underexplained or just, I think from, from the beginning, um, Mad Mardigan is like, man, that, that woman is kind of hot. She's so I don't, I don't fully blame him for falling for her, but also it, it's not fully explained certain things. Um, I won't touch on it because it might spoil something else. So um, I'll give I'm, you... I'm going to hit the dick button right now. Oh, you're doing it right away. I'm doing it right now. Well, actually, not, not right, away. right away. I was expect I was expecting someone to do it immediately. I was really Tracy expecting tried to do Tracy it. to do it. And I was allowing you the opportunity to mm. do it. But I, I think that my, my opinion, I think, will be different than yours. So either I, I win or I lose. I think you loved this movie. It's such a bad movie. And it's so... Good. It's so bad. Hold it's on. good. This isn't a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. How dare it's, you? Look. This is a great movie. Special, I loved it. The special effects are so amazingly bad. And they're so good. Like, it's such... Like, it reminds me of Stardust. And... <sighs> like... I love Stardust, too. Right? Stardust is amazing. Right. Yeah. 
100%. You got it. 15 points to you. This movie was probably the best movie I've been made to watch <laughs> um, thus far. Th- this was about the fifth movie I've been watch- I've watched. For- I, well, I've done some practice rounds with other people, so I've watched like The Fly. I rewatched Mortal Kombat. Um, I watched Tammy and the T-Rex. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> So I've watched like seven or eight movies for this concept. I think Willow currently is the best one. Like I, I, I am a little upset as like a little kid. I didn't get the chance to watch this because like I'm, I'm sure I would be terrified of certain parts. But I feel like this would have been like a movie would be like, have you guys seen Willow? It's uh, awesome. Um, I would have so much more nostalgia for it. I feel bad that I didn't. I never saw it until last night, and I can't yeah, believe like, I've gone my whole life without seeing this movie. I think you mentioned <laughs> Warwick Davis is just, he's just so good in this. Like mm-hmm. it's such, it is weird because the, the thing he did before this was he was an Ewok. Oh. That's where George Lucas met him. Um, hmm. and I think he was like maybe fifteen when he was an Ewok. You, he's a he's a baby in this movie. Um, it it's crazy and like he carries this movie and it's just it's just great. Uh, I do love it, but yeah, no, Sorsha could be better. <laughs> we'll say that she could be a full character. Um, I do like her. I do. I just. What does she do in the movie, Mom? Well, first of all, she does hate her mother from the very... Like, I think she... Like, it's very clear that she doesn't like her mother in the beginning. Because as soon as the general comes in, she's like, I didn't need your help. I had this on my own, bitch. And here you are. Like, I felt like there was enough backstory. Maybe you guys need to watch, like, power watch it three times in a row. (laughs) And and I think you'll have a different expectation. I I felt that it was more of I hate the general versus I hate my mother. Mm. But she does turn on her mother super quick. I can't blame her. So uh, (laughs) you do get the 15 points for that. Uh, And I forgot to say the score is at round five. So moving it around seven, I will let you guys know. Uh, currently, my ma is in the lead with 48 points. Um, Alan is in second with 27, and Tracy's just behind with 24. Um, so we come back to Alan, okay. Mr. Second Place. We, we touched, we briefly, t- we, we barely glimpsed at the, 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 um, the love uh, dust. Yes. But I was going to bring it up, and I was like, mm, uh, "This will spoil something." So go ahead. What, how does it work? Yes, because a hundred percent. First, when it first is used, the, um, the other brownie, the the brownie immediately falls in love with the first thing he sees, which is the cat, mm-hmm. and then, uh, uh, what's his name? Mad Mardigan. Mad, Mad Mardigan. He gets it, and he looks at so many people, not in love, not in love, not in love, and then right at Sorcha, it's like, Bah! And so then becomes the question, is it things that you're already attracted to? Because then that means that the brownies are attracted to cats, canonically. <laughs> uh, no, you touched on it. I was going to bring that up. So the so it's the dust of the broken heart, which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. It either means falling madly in love with the first thing you see, 
which isn't true, or something you would normally, the first thing you normally find attractive, which canonically means that that brownie fucks cat. <laughs> so it's, because I was like, okay, well, clearly it's the first thing you see. And then Mad Mardigan hits, gets hit with it. And I go, okay, he's going to fall in love with Willow. and It's going to be a funny sequence. Mm-hmm. And then it's not that. Because Willow asked him, like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and then when he gets to the baby, I'm like, uh, I'm like, okay, this might be a little bit weird. It could be like parental love. Like he sees and goes, I am her father, which spoiler alert, he does become her father. Um, but no, like he like turns like slightly just to make sure that there's nothing in the room. Barely even seeing Sorsha, I would assume. <laughs> and then he's like, damn. Yeah. Like he glances behind him for a second and then he's like, oh no. It's happening. Um, I only had that at five points, but you know what? You're absolutely right. That's that. That is seven points. It, like, it doesn't make sense. And just real quick, why do the brownies have it? What? Why do they have it? What? How much do they have? It is of zero use to them. It helps nobody. <laughs> All it does is make a love is do a love subplot. <laughs> But they belong to the sorceress, and she even declares that the brownies belong to her. And he also is wearing a rat skull. So, yeah, he fucks cats, guys. He's clearly, like, there's a point where he's dreaming, and they're like, and then the other guy goes, oh, shit, you're having the rat dream again. And I'm like, he's fucking cats. Clearly, that's what's happening. He's just scared rats. Uh, so Tracy, we we will come back to you. Uh, so I think it's weird that at the end they just give the baby to Val Kimmer and Sorsha. Like they're just like, here, have a baby. Like this baby is the future of the world. Uh, we trust you guys who just met and quote unquote fell in love to raise this baby together. A criminal and a former like war criminal. <laughs> yeah yeah fully doesn't make sense i mean i do love like the the idea that they're like give it to the first human we see and the first human they see is mad mart again and then at the end of the movie they end up giving it back to him uh, or i guess i should say her um but also it because f- they say give it to the because this fairy queen says, give it to the king and queen of this castle. They go there. The castle's abandoned. And then, like, presumably because the queen died, Sorsha should inherit her kingdom. Mm-hmm. So she would be the queen of that thing, and that would make him the prince. And instead, they just go over to this abandoned castle, maybe, and go, we are now the king and queen of this it's like, whoa, Mad Bardigan, you're not even royalty? Um, yeah, no, it's just... What? Yeah, I guess that sort of just makes him... It king. is, like, at... Why would, why would the fairy queen say, you have to give it to the king and queen of this? Because there is no king and queen. Oh. Literally. But, but they're referring to the other castle in which the, the people were all turned to statues. Yeah, so that means they're dead. Right, because the trolls turned them into statues. Did the trolls do that? Yes, they did. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I'll give you five points for that, Tracy, because 
Why would you give... Like, seriously, Sorsha probably is a war criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, five points there. Uh, Ma, we come back to you. Um, okay. Um, sorry, there's just so many great things about this movie. <laughs> that, like, like, genuinely. Um, let me, okay, I think, I think there's some stuff at the beginning. Because I feel like we jumped into, like, the bulk of the, the movie and skipped over a lot of hilarious stuff at the beginning. Like, um, like, first of all, um, Ron Howard not understanding how blankets work. <laughs> right? So, hey, here's a baby that's crying. Let's put a blanket on it. Oh, we can't hear that baby. I wish Alan Alda would have tried that in MASH because that oh. mother wouldn't have <laughs> killed her baby like a chicken. <laughs> okay. I mean, spoiler alert for MASH. <laughs> Yeah, that movie only came out in 1972. But if you haven't seen it yet, spoiler alert. Well, it's from the the series. I didn't think. Yeah, it's a series, and um, and it's it was the highest rated single episode of all time for a very long time on Nielsen ratings, and which here's a fun fact, Casey, and I don't know if you remember this. We were actually a Nielsen family. When you were a little baby, between the ages of birth to two, because they don't let you keep it for long. And apparently, yeah. What's the Nielsen family? Oh, so they monitored what we watched on television. Oh. And they paid us for it. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a thing where we got on a pamphlet or something. Well, I mean, and no, you're just like, oh no, they just monitored our TV activity. Yeah, but but it means because of what we watched, it determined what shows got canceled or not. Okay. So, well, it was not just us. They weren't like, well, Robin didn't like this. That's Um, canceled. Yeah, so I have baby is muffled enough to not be heard by anyone, yet isn't suffocated. Like, pick or choose, movie. (laughs) Um, So I'll give you four points for that. We move into round eight. We're almost at an hour. Uh, Should this be our last round, or do we want to... What do we think? Can can we go for three more hours? I want to stick with the or two more hours so I can you, stick with the three theme. This is a really good. We movie. can talk. We can talk about it later, Ma. So what what do we think? Last round is that good for everyone else? I mean, I, I'm fine with keep going, but if you want to make this last round, it's fine. Tracy. Uh yeah, I can. Um, I, I don't mind ending a little early. All right, uh, then this will be our last round. Give me your best last points, everybody. Uh, Alan. Okay. Well, I, I was going to talk about something else, but uh, I think I, I should hit the nail on the head for this movie is all the, the the coincidences that occur throughout this film, especially regarding uh, the I almost keep forgetting what they are the brownies where they keep almost dying and then living or like they almost get trampled by horses, but somehow none of them hit them. They fall. Out of uh, Willow screened. Yeah, they're green screened. I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, they I, fall. I feel like they were just put in some of those scenes, and they're just like, "There are horses coming at you. That's yeah. scared." Oh <laughs> uh, no, we almost got killed. <laughs> uh, or the the idea that they 
when uh, they're in the beginning, when they come upon the army, and it just happens to be his friend Eric that we just meet randomly. Oh yeah, it's like, it's like, what? Why? There's just things happen, it, and I, I blame it on the fact that this movie moves at such breakneck pace that we can't, for a second, stay on a thing. <laughs> we can't just. I mean, like, I enjoy that it moves from point to point. I think that's a very strong suit. Some movies drag, but this one, this one goes places. But yeah, 100%, so many coincidences. Eric just passing by is like, oh, is that Mad Mardigan, my friend, who I find an <laughs> asshole? Oh, hey, Mad Mardigan, it's us in the mountain. So crazy to see you. Hey, Mad Mardigan, we followed you to this castle. We should uh, we should team up, bro. Um, Like, the brownies just showing up, and they arrive with Eric's army at one point, too. Like, we found them, we saved them, hey. Yeah, how did they not freeze to death in the mountains? They're in the cold-ass mountains, and they are... They can move, like, (laughs) two feet an hour. (laughs) It's so many... Like, if your movie needs this many coincidences, it's not, like, a very well-thought-out movie. Like... Which isn't to say it's a bad movie, but like when you stop and think about it, you're like, hmm, this movie doesn't make all the sense. Um, yeah, so I'll give you five points on that. Uh, Tracy, we come back to you. Uh, I'm going to say that Willow turning the witch into all of the animals was way funnier than anything the brownies did. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <sighs> They don't. They don't. They don't say anything funny in this movie. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was. I think it was very cool. Like, like the transformations were obviously fun. Other than they like they they pan to another shot for like as soon as it starts to transform, just to go. We can't. We don't have the good enough effects for this. Um, but yeah, every time she's like Willow. <laughs> What the fuck? Because she turns into... What is she originally? Is she a bird? Um, I have a list of what she actually has been. The first one was like a possum. Then she gets turned into a bird. Then she's the goat. And then I think she just turns back into a human, yeah? No, 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 no. no. So, like, there's an actual list of animals. Oh, yeah, because there's one point where he does it a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. So... Do you have the list, I don't. Alan? Because I'll let you read. I it. have it. Uh, I, I may, if you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, I have it. Ostrich mm-hmm. uh, to turtle no. to lion, or was it peacock in the yes. middle? Yes, yes, yeah. peacock, peacock feathers, and peacock then... feathers, then the turtle, then lion, and then woman. Um, it was a tiger. But I felt, I felt like the turtle turning into the tiger looked like a, a really large slug. Yeah. I think that there's like a mytho- like mythological tiger with shell on its back. But yeah, no, 100% uh, funnier than anything the brownies did. Um, seven points to you on that, Tracy. Uh, Ma, we come to your final point. Well, that was actually, and that's why I sighed, because of course Tracy's in my head, right? So <laughs> I was going to mention why Raziel is actually the villain in this movie. <laughs> or what's how do you pronounce her name the one who's turned into all of the animals oh the witch okay well she's a witch but or her name is sorceress Raz- she's raziel it's yeah, yeah. razel right Ra- razel okay so 
or she, it's, I think so, it's Rizelle. Sure, Rizelle. Because so I wrote she, down Fizelle. So <laughs> she is turned into the possum, or as I had written down, because I had something funnier written down. It's like an I was Australian. Like, I was like, I don't, picture. I had marmoset written down, is what I thought it was, which it, it wasn't. So she is, and she's actually a brush-tailed possum. I'm looking at it. Yes. Right, so she's turned into a brush-tailed possum by Bamorda, right? So when they go to that island, right, and she's been there a really long time because she ends up an old woman, and she references the fact that she was a young lady when she was turned into this, which is why she's so surprised at the end. Did you guys see how many human skeletons were on that island? So that bitch was like, <laughs> hey, human, I think she killed all of them, every single one of them. Yeah, I did think that there was going to be a troll on that island. And, and, and then later, as soon as she arrives at camp with everybody else, there's more skeletons. And I'm like, I can't believe they let this woman run amok. And then she immediately passes out at the exact right time so that Willow can get, like, Bamorda is going after him. And I'm like, that bitch is pretending to be passed out. So she, she is actually in on all of this, and she's going to grab for power. <laughs> no, I think, if anything, she's actually eviler than the evil queen. Right? <laughs> um, and that's why she got rid of her first. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that that's a very interesting reading. I'll I'll give you three points for it. Um and then I'll start to go over some of the other stuff we didn't get to after we do our bonus round. Um currently Ma's still in the lead with fifty five, uh Alan catching up a little bit with thirty nine, and Tracy uh just behind him with thirty six. Uh very good game for everyone all around. Um so uh, we will we'll start with Lamus death, because um, we haven't we haven't really talked about this stuff. Um, who do you guys think I thought had the lamest death in this movie? Um, we will start with Alan. Uh, at first, uh, uh, when I first wrote this down, I thought it was going to be Eric because he I feel like for such an uh, important character, he just kind of gets stabbed and then. Uh. But uh, thinking about it and listening, I've changed it to the witch. Because I I didn't think maybe it, it didn't look bad, but it was just a dumb death. Like she just essentially killed herself because like the baby's gone, the baby's gone, and then she explodes. <laughs> she, she knocks some cups over, and then she goes into the nether realm. And she gets lit. And she gets hit with a bolt of lightning. Yeah. I think it's like what the fuck? What's okay. what's going on? Okay. Uh, Tracy, what do you think? Uh, you know what? Mm. I I am gonna agree. Uh, there yeah, were my, the my other candidate was um, that nasty monster thing that gets dropped into the water. I was like, that's that's pretty lame. Uh, but but that's such a minor character that I don't think. Well, you that's pick what it. turned into the dragon. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So not even um, a death really. So you you say the witch? I'm gonna say the witch. Okay, Ma. What about you? Okay, so I actually have two answers to this. You have to give one. Oh, damn it! Okay, so the real answer is Eric for what he said, but I wrote down Burgle Cut because he didn't die. Well, that's not death. <laughs> okay, so I you know, say you say Eric. It, it it was Eric because they made such a big point of him 
um, you know, redeeming his opinion of Mad Mortigan, and then for him to just be so, like, gently stabbed by Skeletor, I was just like, wow, that is lame. That's so sad. Yeah, I will say, um, Alan, you should have gone with your gut, because it was, in fact, Eric. Um, cause like, yeah, this whole movie is like, man, Madame Artigan, you suck. You're, you're an oath breaker or whatever. Uh, and then he's like, man, Martigan, you've really impressed me. I'll follow you. And then Skeletor stabs him with a small knife in the stomach. And Mad Martigan is like, no, I'll kill you. And it's like, you don't, we don't need that though. We were already going to kill the general. We don't need him to kill a slightly important character. Like, it w- it was just kind of stupid, in my opinion, that Eric just gets stabbed. Because, like, he's wearing armor, and, like, the guy loses his sword, so he gets a tiny knife, and then he's able to kill him. It was just like, come on, man. Like, I don't even care enough about this character for you to kill him. <laughs> um. So when I will move on to best death, what had the best death in this movie? Um, Ma, we will start with you this time. All right, so again, I'm going opposite of of you guys. I actually thought that he would think, and I know it was a bad death, but it was the only spectacular death that actually happened. She's the bad guy. She's the evil one. And it was such a buildup. And it's such a reversal of what is supposed to happen. And it was like this, this brilliant Frankenstein moment like, they even have, like, the altar, the lightning, and I'm like, that's hilarious. Um, okay, so you're yeah. saying the witch. Yes, the witch. Okay. Um, Tracy, what do you think? I'm going to say the best death is the boar that gets stabbed in the village. That was just awesome. All right, awesome. when they all just surround it and stab yep. it? Okay, uh, and Alan. I actually think the the my uh, uh, the best death was uh, the troll going into the monster and even the monster death I thought was really cool. Just watching it melt was like pretty wicked. It was pretty wicked. Uh, and, uh, it melting into the dragon. Yeah, it was really wicked. And then as the dra- even the dragon's death I thought was pretty neat. Um, okay, I thought I thought you were gonna say the best death because no one said it. Uh, it is, of course, the troll that gets knocked off of the balustrade and then oh. caught by the dragon, and then the other head oh, rips it I, in half. No, oh, that was my second one. I, I forgot actually, about that. Actually, I gave that the funniest death. I made my own category. Subtract a point from me. Because I thought that was hilarious. I'm like, I oh. thought it was the coolest because he literally cool. falls off and then gets ripped in half. But they didn't by show the actual hands. ripping in half. That's what, that's well, what they right. did. But the thing, the thing is, is the thought also, KCN, is those two trolls were together. Were they lovers? Were they husband and wife? Were they parent and child? And then one eats the other and rips it in half? I was like, ha ha! Okay. But that was funny. Um, yeah, so next up, we'll, uh, who do you guys think is the worst character? Um, Tracy, we'll start with you. Hmm. I had a couple of candidates uh, for this. Um, at one point I, I thought the, oh, the, the mayor guy that's always giving Willow a hard time, like he's, he's my second worst character. Burgle cut. cut, Thank you. Uh, but, but I got, I gotta go with Sersha. 
She's just she's Sorsha? she has no redeeming values whatsoever. <coughs> okay. Um, Alan, what do you think? Uh you say character, which throws me off because I have the brownies. So I just I will just say pick one of the brownies. Either one is equal. I believe I said uh, at the beginning of this okay. that it can be a pair if they are intertwined. Okay, so the brownies. Okay. <laughs> All right, Emma, what do you think? So the problem is, is again, because when you say worst character, of course you think who is the person we hate the most, which actually makes them playing into what they are. So my answer, Tracy, was like yours. And then based on what you've said, I, I, I would think it was Sorsha. But I'm actually going to go differently and say that the worst um, character was basically the seer. I just felt like the, the seer. seer. At the beginning? Yeah. Well, and he was in at the oh, end. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because he had no. He was nothing. He's like, yeah, I told the future. That was it. I okay. suck at this. Uh, someone has gotten five points from this because they have identified the worst characters. It's the brownies. <laughs> I thought Tracy. I thought because she brought up the fact that uh, the transformations were better than anything that they did, that she would be that she would have gotten. Oh, I hated it. the brownies. I just thought Sersha was worse. No, no, the brownies. I hate so much. At least Sorsha, like it's funny. Like I enjoy that Sorsha is horny for Mad Mart again because we don't get that a lot in movies. By the way, um, uh, of this movie, so the most famous person in this movie, in my opinion, is Val Kimmer. Kilmer. Oh, the yes. second, second most famous person in this movie is Kevin Pollock, who yes. plays one of the brownies, which yes. I find hilarious. Mm-hmm. Cool. Fuck Kevin Pollock. I hate him. In this. <laughs> And I heard that he's returned to the series. I swear to God. He's brownies. <laughs> yeah, no, so this, this specifically, this was why I told you guys before we started that worst and best character could count as a duo, because I fucking hated them. They were not funny. They why had don't they nothing, die? and they should have, At one like, point, they should have been trampled. They just should have been trampled. Let the general murder them. Yeah. It would have actually been nice, like... Because the general is just, like, ambiguously evil, then he stabs Eric, and I'm like, mm, okay. Um, Alright, so now we have best characters. And I, like I said before, there are two of them, um, so you guys do get to put two uh, people forth. Um, so, um, we will start with Ma. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, you have given away one of the answers, which is Willow carries the whole movie. But I feel like the second best character is Mad Mortigan because of the big redemption and all of the shirtless scenes. Because, like, even when he goes into the tent with her and they're about to kiss, his shirt is fully on. (laughs) And when the tent comes off, his shirt is hanging open in the nice cold. And I'm like, yeah, his chest, his chest and his eyeliner added to that character. So, like, they're like a triple pack. Okay. So... Uh, Tracy, what do you think? Okay, so I think the best character in this movie is Alora, and I and I'm going to tell baby? you why. The baby, yes. How often? Alora Dannon. Alora Dannon. How often in movies are babies a character? 
Now, there, sure, there are plenty of babies present. Hey, baby it's a baby. Out. Look, it's a baby. Uh, the baby actually has stuff to do. Uh, I feel like the baby acted this movie very well. Uh, I believed that, that the baby was a princess, which, you know, it's just a baby. Uh, so I would say that she not is... Not even a princess. It was born to a peasant woman. Well, you know what I mean. She is foretold to be a queen or, or a princess sure. or, or whatever. Uh, so I, think? I think she is the best character. Um, for second best character, uh, I'm going to go a little bit out of the box and I'm going to go with Migosh. Mm. I think he's underappreciated, but he okay. is so supportive of his, you know, his friend Will. He's like, I'll go, you know, and he he's just... Uh, I think they underuse him. Um, and of, of course, you know, you, you can't help but think Frodo and Sam Ganji when, when, when you see, you know, Willow and, and Migosh. But even that being said, he's a pretty darn good sidekick. Okay. Um, and Alan, what do you think? I'm exactly on board with your mom, uh, K-San. It is Willow and Mad Mordigan. <laughs> All right. Uh, two of you have gotten it exactly right, uh, which means, unfortunately, Tracy, you are wrong, because it is Willow and Mad Mardigan. I, I think 100%, I think because she's a baby and she doesn't have any lines, like, I don't, I, it's a very good baby actor, and we did mention that at, towards the beginning. Um, what what are you doing? There are three baby actors. Sorry, set of three twins baby and, actors that are very good. But, but Tracy's dead on. Those eyebrows. I um, mean, nobody. That's a baby with those and eyebrows. I will say, normally, I when I go, man, who's my favorite character? I never go, no, it's the main character. Because I'm like, no, main character is the main character. Everyone likes them. They're not going to be my favorite character. Mom got 100%. Will... Warwick Davis carries this movie, and I'm just so surprised that George Lucas was like, man, this guy's going to be a star. I'm going to write this movie for him to show the world. And then he didn't explode uh, into a megastar. Like, I feel like Peter Dinklage is the more well-known dwarf actor, and that's unfair to Warwick Davis. Mm, But you're talking American versus British. Warwick Davis is way, way, way bigger over there. He just is. Um... Warwick Davis is amazing in this movie. I j- I'm blown away by it, and I'm just surprised that the next biggest thing that he would do, uh, like the most famous thing after Willow, is the Leprechaun series. Um, so yeah, let me go back a little bit through some of the other points. Uh, Tracy, 100%, I totally was comparing Migosh to Samwise Gamgee, and I was like, why did they kick him out? Like, I know, like, Willow is the main character, but, like, why does Migosh go back at all? I 100% thought he was going to be the Samwise to Willow's Frodo. Um, at the beginning, no one stops the midwife with a very obvious baby crate. Because, like, she's carrying a bunch of, like, she's carrying a huge basket and then blankets on top of it. Why would no one go, hey, midwife, that just helped deliver the baby? Where are you going? Um... (laughs) Uh, the midwife, when being chased by those hounds, puts Elora on a piece of moss or something that floats on a river and just prays that this works. And it does, but how does she know? 
Um, the dogs immediately eat the midwife. Um, yet the baby commanded the yet the queen commanded that Alora be brought back alive. So like, those dogs go and hunt hunt down the midwife and start ripping her apart. Why would they not just rip apart Alora Dannon? Also, who the fuck set these dogs off? Where are the hunters? Are these dogs just supposed to pick up the baby and just carry it back themselves? We don't know how far away they are. Like, they need to feed the baby at some point. Um, I, I enjoy when Willow finds Alora and he tells his children, don't go near it. Who knows where it's been and it's a baby. <laughs> um... I, I'm so impressed and just I just adore that the movie has so many dwarf actors and I and I read like some of the behind the scenes like this was like all of them coming together was like it was just so crazy to see so many people that were dwarves like them uh, and little people and it's just great that like they had this opportunity to meet each other. Um, I will say one thing though because Willow or because Warwick Davis was only 17 his children are like 10 years younger than him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like, you know, a little bit weird. But um, yeah, um, like when after the scene where like the dog rips away and it's going after a baby and they say it's going after a baby, Willow goes, oh, no. And then he runs back home and then he t- and then his wife is fine. Kaya is fine. And he tells her that we can't keep the baby but doesn't say, hey, a hound just ripped apart our Ren fair. We shouldn't keep the baby. No, he just goes, we shouldn't keep this baby. And she's like, all right, Willow. Um, only one of the dogs shows up. Like, presumably the other one should have gone after Laura Dannon, but whatever. Uh, very funny bit when Willow and his family bring in the baby to the town hall meeting and then the crowd saying we should find the baby and throw it in the pit, in the pit. And then Willow and his family just slowly turn around. Uh, hilarious. Um, the High Aldwin, as they're chanting and stuff, like talks very softly and then they go, OK, we should listen to him. Um, he throws the bones. What do the bones tell you? The bones tell me nothing. <laughs> he is just crazy. Um, me, me gosh volunteers to go and he's like, me gosh. And I go, who? Uh, they don't establish him. And then he's Samwise and then he's not. Um, High Aldwin sends Burgle Cut with them for no reason, which I enjoy. Uh, I love that everyone loves Von Carr. Von Carr, like they're just great, and the and Burgle cuts like, no, we shouldn't send our best warrior. Which I agree, you shouldn't send your best warrior off, especially to deliver a strange baby. And then when uh, Burgle cut is chosen to go to be the leader, he then asks for Von Carr. Um, I did, I didn't, I when they did the uh, thing where uh, with the High Aldwin chooses his apprentice. I was like a hundred percent go point to your own finger um, for choose the finger, which the magic comes from. I'm like, just point at your own finger. Um, so so I called that enough. I saw this movie when it came out in 1988 and I'm not that old. So I was a small child and I remembered exactly two details from the movie. Number one, I remember that there were brownies and number two, I remembered that he was supposed to point to his own finger. 
you know, I 100% was like, you should point at your own finger. Um, uh, there's the moment where the kids ask him if he's going to see brownies and fairies and trolls and dragons. And then he runs into all of those things. Um, so very good foreshadowing. Um, both of the children, when, uh, when Willow is like, I have to go and they go, we'll come with you. And I go, oh my God. (laughs) Uh, when he, when the high older throws the bird up, follow the bird. It's going back towards the village. Ignore the bird. Follow the river. Um, this was truly like a Lord of the Rings movie before they did the Lord of the Rings movies. Cause I, I was just, because it is a, it is a small person, a hobbit versus, um, I can't remember cause I didn't write it down. Um, whatever they call them in this movie. Uh, being given a thing, having a group of volunteers from his village, and he has to deliver it because a, uh, a wizard tells him to. Um, he doesn't throw the baby into the, into the fire, uh, very well, um, but, you know, it's a good thing. Um, (laughs) Val Kilmer is threatening someone while he's in a cage, um, I do not trust Dirty Val Kilmer with this baby. Um, he's like some grime on his teeth, and I thought he was going to have bad teeth. And then throughout the rest of the movie, his teeth he just has nice white teeth. Um, Val Kilmer is able to remember the, um, the dwarves' names, which I appreciate. Because he, he says Burglecut, uh, Migosh, and then Willow. Um... Eric just happens to be marching by Mad Mart again. Um, <laughs> when Val Kilmer somersaults out of the cage and picks up Migosh, I'm like, do not pick up dwarves like they are children. Um, the the one funny thing that the brownies did, in my opinion, was, I just stole a baby! And then Willow going, that's my baby! It's like, you know, it's not. You just pass it off to someone else. Um, um, everyone keeps calling, uh, Willow a fantasy slur. Mm. Like they, they specifically, it's Pex. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um, you know, I don't love saying a fantasy slur or any slur really, but throughout this whole movie, Mad Mardigan calls it, random other people call him it, the brownies call him it, and I'm like, is it just for short people? And it, when the brownies call him it, I'm like, okay, it's not short people. It's specifically the dwarves. Even the witch set calls him it. Like, what are you going to do, you heck? It's like... Everyone's <laughs> um, so racist in this movie. <laughs> um, when Mad Mardigan uh, is captured by the thugs in the uh, bar, and he's like, meet Lug, and then the disgruntled husband punches out one of the armored men. Um, throughout the beginning of the movie, Mad Morgan is, ch- is protecting this baby and grabbing her and saving her from danger several times for no reason, really, to him, other than he did agree to watch the baby and then almost immediately loses the baby. Hey, he was peeing. <laughs> um, Willow smacks one of the guys chasing them off the cart. I enjoyed the sequence on the cart. Um, Willow leaves Alora alone with the brownies. I think when he sails to the island, he leaves two 
yeah. creatures that are less than two inches tall and go protect this baby. Um, no one is guarding Willow in Mad Mardigan when they're locked up in the cage. Um, I enjoyed that the princess falls for Mad Mardigan, even though he's under the effects of the love potion. Um, also, big thing, I 100% think, you guys had mentioned, like, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, 100% Ice Age is a ripoff of this movie. Because it's about another species being given a human baby, and then they have to deliver it to the first humans they find, essentially. Um, You have Manny, who's the guy who's the responsible in charge of the baby, which is Willow. You have the dangerous, is probably going to murder you if you aren't careful, Diego, Mad Mardigan. Uh, And then Sid the Sloth is pretty much the brownies, but better. Um, and then the baby is the baby. And there's also a snowboard sequence where they're sliding down a mountain of uh, snow and they have to get the baby. Um, or they do it with the baby. I don't remember. Um, the random townies in the mountains who are like, hey, we're running from like the evil queen. And they go, yeah, we'll help you get in our basement. And then they don't go, yeah, they're in our basement. They go, we don't know anything. I enjoy that these random people are just like, yeah, fuck the queen. Um, why does Mad Mardigan forget the effects of the love potion? Like, he forgets that he flirted with Sorsha and read her poetry, or made up poetry. Also, how does he make up poetry? He has to have read poetry for him to, for, to say those things to her. Um, like, she runs away from him, and then he tackles her, and it totally looks like she's like, yeah, kiss me, do it. Um... Mad Mardigan has time to put armor on. Um, oh, yeah, when they're dragging uh, Willow and Mad Mardigan behind them, because Mad Mardigan is in women's clothes at the time when they get caught, and then they just give him black clothing to put on. I'm like, why did you guys give him clothing? Especially cool-looking clothing. Um, so Mad Mardigan putting the armor on when they are besieged by Sorsha's army. Um Oh my god, when the trolls are following Willow and one is crawling down a tower and one is under the bridge, that was awesome. Also horrifying. Um, Mad Mardigan cannot hear the dragon right behind him. Um, troll gets eaten by the dragon. Uh, Mad Mardigan catapults himself to save Willow. Um... He also screams at a troll to assert dominance. Um, dragon's head explodes for reasons. Because I think it he hits him in the head with the acorn, and then he turns to stone, and then he was charging up fire, and he just explodes, maybe? Um, they ask, they, they tell the queen to give back Alora, and it's like the queen doesn't know what the baby's name is, so that means nothing to her. Um, the brownies aren't micro-pigs. I mean, easy thing to do right there. Um, the enemy forces, like, like they get turned into pigs, but, like, like, there's five people standing down there that aren't pigs, and no one is like, hey, what's up with that? And also, they somehow dug holes to hide their horses and themselves underground, and no one saw that happening. 
Um, someone says, I think the evil queen says, I must despise of you now. Someone says, I must despise of you now. Yes, I thought like, that do as you well. Mean... I must despise you now. I'm to... like, do you mean dispose of? to her daughter. Right. <laughs> I Specifically. despise you. Yeah. Um, the good witch punches the evil queen in the face. <laughs> yeah. Um, the evil queen is getting thrown around like a ping pong ball. That was funny. Uh, I do enjoy that Willow does the pig trick from the beginning to defeat the evil queen. It's such a good callback that you wouldn't expect. Because it literally is just a scene of Willow being like, I can do magic! And then sleight of hand, and that's how he beats the queen at the end. Um, And then my biggest issue with this movie that no one brought up is that Warwick Davis doesn't get top billing despite being the main fucking character. (sighs) I, I don't care how hot Val Kilmer is. He's not the main character. He was the bigger star at the time. I don't care. He's not the main character. Mm. Um, and unfortunately, in this movie, there is no best boy. So it's only me here. So I want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank the audience for listening. Um, next week is Easy A. Uh, please tune in. Find out who our winner is. Uh I forgot to add up our points. My mom did win with 70, so let me add up points real quick. Uh, Tracy is standing at an even 100 points. Very impressive right there, uh, just from the math standpoint. Um, believe... Uh, my mom, I think, is standing in first place currently uh, with 127 points. Uh, and Alan is just ahead of Tracy with 104 points. Uh, very close game. I think Dick Button uh, next week is be very important. Uh, please join us next week. Uh, until then, just don't forget that I am always correct.